Jerry Springer of podcast shows, uncensored, almost unscripted, and it's all about underground hip-hop. So, without further ado, do you guys know what time it motherfucking is? Yes. That's right, Chico's, it's time to... Heat it Here at Heat It Out, we cover the latest underground hip-hop news with wacky-ass interviews from our guest... Shit's finna get a bit wild because we got so much in fucking store this episode, Chico's. So, let's start it off hard with the latest in news from the underground rap scene, motherfuckers. Today's forecast calls for a bit of motherfucking hate today. In the latest news... Harlem rapper Immortal Technique, known for his, you know, controversial lyrics, recently announced on his IG Live about working on his next album. The last time Tech released an album was back in 2011, however, on Instagram Live, stating that, you know, he was working on his next album until COVID took a hit on those plans. So, the question is, will Immortal Technique release this next album before my birth father comes back from the store with milk? Because, <laughs> who fucking knows, Chico's? Who fucking knows? Second news. Are record labels ruining artists' careers due to TikTok validation? So, recently the Washington Post talked about the Halsey situation in which Halsey's record label refused to let her release music until she went viral on TikTok again. The question is, you know, how the fuck does this affect indie artists? You know, some TikTok influencer will go viral and, you know, record labels. Record labels see this and offer some of these TikTokers record deals whether they make music or not. Now... Imagine an indie underground artist who gets a record deal because, you know, they blew up on TikTok, but the label refuses to allow the artist to release any more music until they go viral again. It's like, this is what I'd be telling people about these record labels. Like, these big-name labels only care about money, and so they'll only seek music that can capture the wallets of the younger generation. So, let's be real. If you're a small-named artist that cares about making the music you want, in my opinion... You shouldn't sign up these scummy-ass labels. Like, I love money too, but if you actually want control of your shit, just don't fucking do it, dude. Like, just just fucking don't. So, in our final news, this shit's not that old. Some of you guys might have heard of this shit because it's sort of gone viral. So, in our final news, Florida rapper Jordan Silver was found guilty of killing a woman while filming a music video. Okay, that shit's not funny. Seriously. Excuse me for laughing there. Um. And this shit was in a freak accident. Basically, you know, female actor in the video was supposed to, you know, have a staged death. However, this did not go as planned. Unfortunately, Jordan Silver had a loaded fucking gun pointed at the young woman instead of an unloaded gun and shot her. And it's it's funny I bring this story up as there was a similar incident a hot minute ago on TikTok where they were shooting a music video... And very similar case, someone forgot to unload the gun, so this isn't really a new thing as as it's become sort of a trend the last few years for shit like this to happen, so if you're a rapper or, or, or whatever the hell and you're gonna stage a shooting, for the love of fucking God, make sure your shit is unloaded, like, I, I, I understand you want your music video to look hot as hell, but... Come on! Some of y'all getting thrown in fucking prison because stupid ass motherfuckers don't want to check to see if the shit is unloaded or not. Like, come on, motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah, like, nah, bro. And so, 
That's all for the motherfucking news, folks. <laughs> you booing me, motherfuckers. Y'all want more fucking news? Yes! Too bad, motherfuckers. This is my show. Go watch some Fox News or CNN or some shit. I, I do whatever the fuck I want around here, so... Is it time? Because I think it's motherfucking time. It's time for a motherfucking smoke session. Hey, Shabaka. Tell them what we rolling today, motherfucker. We rolling up the finest mix of candy cushion runs, my dude. <laughs> Listening to a fire old school tune. Lobby, c'est frais. I got the blues. I got the blues, but I don't mind. All I have to do is get to you, and then I feel just fine. I'm on a down. Yo, does anyone else here smell something burning? Nah, 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 nah. And nah, nah, that's just the next 30 seconds of the song we about to play for y'all. It's time for the heat of the motherfucking week. So, this week's heat is Miss My Dog by 4.72x. You can go hit the shit up on Spotify, but... No need, Chico's. We finna play a bit of it right now, motherfucker. Niggas cut my dog and fuck me up. It got me going insane. Taking all these drugs to heal the pain, but it won't heal the pain. We gon' spin that block and kill that ass. I'm trying to see the brain. We gon' spin that block and even umbrella cannot start this rain. We gon' spin that block and kill anybody that try to diss him. Niggas acting tough, you play with us, we see you with him. Bitch, we spinning back to back. Everybody know we get busy. If I catch that nigga slipping, everybody got that with the heat of the week by 4.72x. Go show them some love and stream it right now, motherfuckers. Stream it right now or I'm going to motherfucking break into your house. Okay. Anyways. Now the moment you've all been waiting for. Do you chicos know what time it is? It's time to... Heat it out! In this part of our podcast, we interview underground rappers and producers with some serious questions. But also some questions that would probably get us cancelled or some shit. So, you know what time it is, Jay Plantana, because if you know, then you fucking know. It's time to... Heat it out! So, first fucking question. So, (laughs) how long have you been rapping and what or who inspired you to get into rapping and hip-hop? Hello? My name's Jay Plantana, um, and I would say how I got into rapping is when I started listening to it more often yeah. uh, in about 2015, 2017, oh, 2015. Um, that sort of time frame. Mm. Started mm. listening to a lot of like SoundCloud stuff, which is weird yeah, that I started I with that. Uh, and then I moved on to just listening to some 90s hip-hop playlists. Um, mm-hmm. Got more into, you know, like Kendrick Lamar, uh, Denzel Curry, Kendrick. stuff like that, so... Um, and you know, I, I sort of just figured out that it was something that I could do. Um, Mm -hmm. I actually have a vivid memory of walking to one of my classes and just something clicked and I was like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, (laughs) this is exactly what I have been looking for for so long. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of how I got into it. Second question. How did you come up with the name Jay Plantana? Did you ever go by any other rap names before your current one? Um... For the name Jay Plantana, this came in um, a bit later when I after I started rapping. My first name yeah. was um, Plantana, 
or Plantana actually is spelled P-L-A-N-T-A-H-N-A. I didn't oh. want it to sound like other artists like Santana. Um, and oh, I didn't think about putting the okay. J in it. Um, so I sort of put that H in it. Um, but then I realized that's really not a word. It's not even a combination of words. And once I found out that there is such thing as a Lantana flower, and there's a part of my oh. name that has the word plant in it. So I was like, Plantana? That's perfect! Um, some people, yeah, people say Plantana. I don't know which one I'm going to go by, like, you know, for the long term. I don't really care either way. Um, but yeah, so it's sort of a, just a combination of things, and my first initial is J, so that's nice. where that came from. So, question three. <laughs> if uh, Jay Plantana were to start a weed business, would the weed be called Plantana's Joints? Yes or no? Hey, I mean, you know, weed? Weed is legal in Michigan. Um, Plantana's heard, heard. Joints? That's so funny. I fuck with that. I, I think I might call it Jay Plantana's Joints. Or Jay Plantana Joints. Or like, Joint Plantana. I don't know. Uh, but either way, that is very smart. And you mm, know what? Mm, Maybe I'll mm. do it. Who knows? Question number four, motherfuckers. Do you think mainstream female rappers are hurting future female rappers from being taken seriously by male audience? Like, for example, you know, extremely sexual lyrics similar to the male rap community during the 2000s. Um, the thing is, I don't think that you need male validation to hmm. be successful. There's enough women in the world. Um, and yeah, sure, if you don't have male validation, maybe you won't be considered number one rapper in the world, but... Yeah, I mean, I mean, who cares? Like, <laughs> you can make a living. You can still be respected yeah, while true. just catering to women. Um, a lot of people do that. A lot of different artists do that. I mean, think about, like, One Direction. They were the biggest artists in the world, and they catered to women. And oh, a lot of those man. sexual songs are often made for other women and made to make people feel confident. Mm. I see no issue with that sort of music. Um, and if people aren't taking those rappers seriously, because a lot of them have very, very, very good skills, then they're just being either sexist or um, are not opening up their minds enough to appreciate things that are different from them. So, yeah, I have absolutely no qualms against that music, and no one should be stopped from, from making sexual music, in my opinion. Question number five. Question number five. Who's a female rapper you wish you could punch in the face, and what male rapper would you kick in the dick? A female rapper that I wish I could punch in the face? Yep. That's hard. Um, There's probably a better answer than this out there, um, mm-hmm. but I'm going to go with Nicki Minaj, and I know that's controversial, oh. but she's married to, like, a pedophile, oh. and, like, I don't know if, like, she was... <laughs> I don't know if her whole, like, I'm a Republican voting for Rip Mitt Romney. <laughs> you lazy bitches is fucking up the economy. <laughs> I don't know if she was, like, real with that, but, like... I would just give her a punch just to, like, humble her and be like, stop marrying pedophiles and please don't do that. That's not a good thing to do. Um, but I do respect her as an artist for the mm, most part. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. And for kicking in the balls, definitely Kodak Black and T.I. Both of them. I can't. T.I. <laughs> oh, fuck T.I. He is such a perv. Um, he would get kicked in the balls immediately. No questions asked. I would happily do that. What the fuck? To be honest. Question six. Why do you think female lyricists lost the pill during the 2000s? Do you think there will be a time where female lyricists replace the current sound of female hip-hop? Um, to be honest, I didn't really listen to uh, hip-hop until like 2015. Yeah. So I don't really know much about like the whole era of female lyricism. I think it's already coming back. Like, hmm. I've heard other women spit shit, like even, you know... From, from recent times um like mm-hmm. think about like winnie for example um there's others i'm just blanking out yeah um i i don't know i think that the reason why like 
I mean, trap is just sort of the most popular genre in general, and that usually isn't paired with lyricism. Um, I think it would be cool to see, like, a whole lyrical, miracle trap song. But I think lyricism, you know, as long as you're clever, even if you are singing about something sexual, I think it could, as long as you're clever, I consider that to be lyrical. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would like to lead a revival of more, I guess, conscious female hip-hop. I think that yeah, would be really you neat. Um, you know, but it's probably still around. I just haven't searched enough um, besides, like I said, Winnie. Uh, so yeah. Question seven. <laughs> if you had to kill a three-month-old baby on camera to bring back Tupac, Juice World, and other beloved artists, describe how you'd kill it in excruciating detail. Um, oh my. Okay, I am not killing a baby. I am not doing that. <laughs> so... <laughs> Bringing back any old rapper is cool, and I think that's a neat yeah. concept. But one day we're going to have, like, AI that can practically bring back their whole personalities and bodies Hologram. and shit, probably. So no need for me to sacrifice a, a living human being to do that. <laughs> Question eight. How do you see the future of female hip-hop? Do you think it will change or remain the same as it is currently in the 2020s? One of my goals is to sort of bring back that sort of conscious female hip-hop into the mainstream yeah um or at least help in doing that because it would definitely mm. not be something that i could do alone mm. or mm. would want to do alone um true, true. i hope that one day it'll change you know i think as women get more politically involved and women's rights movements become even stronger and more aggressive as they should be <laughs> um i think a music will accompany that eventually um so, you know, and of course, women's rights movements have always been present, but yeah. I suppose they're just, a lot of them are getting a lot more mainstream attention, um, such as with, like, Roe v. Wade overturning, which, of course, mm -hmm. national tragedy. Um, but yeah, so I, I would like to help with that, um, and I, I hope, I mean, if things don't change, oh well, I think sexual rap, trap is all great music, um, and so, I don't know. I don't mind either way, but it would be nice to switch things up. Question nine! So... What would make you quit rapping for good? Would it be the possibility of never going big, a reality, or, you know, simply losing interest or getting tired of the crap? I think the only thing that would make me quit rapping is if I got so busy with other things that I just didn't have time for it. Oh. Um, like, if for whatever reason I just get, like, a 9 to 5 and have a family, which, I mean, you know, depends on the job I'm working. That would mm, be fine. Mm, but, mm. Um, you know... I hope that that won't be the case. And it would be nice if I could make a career off music Felt and that. really make Felt it big. Um, who knows? We'll see. And so now it is time for our final motherfucking question, Jay. And for all the motherfuckers listening, so how do you see the future of hip-hop overall in your own personal opinion? The future of hip-hop? I mean, I think it's just going to keep evolving, you know, get more experimental probably. Yeah, that's true. Um, that I think true. rap groups are on the comeback, you know. I mean, Brockhampton triggered that, so I think rap groups are going to be a huge part of uh, just everything. Um, I think there's going to be more genre blending, you know, um, and probably a return to, like, some real old-school type stuff. Uh, I can see that happening in the future, just like fashion cycles. Wouldn't be surprised if mm. music cycles, too. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and I also see more minorities um, in hip-hop, you know, more like minorities to the genre, I mean, um, such as, you know, queer people, women, trans people. Um, and, yeah, and it'll, yeah, it'll be cool, and I'm excited yeah, to see all true. that. So, yeah. So that was our motherfucking guest, that chica J. Plantana, joining us 
for the Heat It Out segment of the first motherfucking episode, Chicos. So everybody give her a round of applause. You can if you want, you can if you motherfucking don't. But I commend Jay Plantana for joining us, and I thank you so much, Jay. Um, thanks for having me. It's review time! So... Today, we will be reviewing Erawadi's latest project, All Motherfucking Red. Not to be confused with my first ever mixtape I ever released. Please don't Google it. That I made that shit when I was a teen, y'all. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Anyways, Erawadi is a Texas-based rapper who is considered an ocean of a freestyler. Like, motherfucking never runs out of freestyles. And if you don't believe me, tune into one of his streams because Chico's be sending them beats and he... He be going off, like, he be going off, like, no joke, no joke. Anyways, All Red is probably one of the most unique underground projects I've heard in a minute, because a lot of the shit on the underground sounds the fucking same right now, so, like, All Red feels refreshing because it's not your stereotypical melodic trap, melodic rap project that many underground artists are making right now, so, let me tell you guys, let me tell you guys, mm. All Red is a mashup between alternative rap Rap, nah, let me redo that shit. Uh, rewind, rewind. All Red is a mashup between alternative rap, rap rock, and I, I would even go as far as to say very similar to the same styles of music that Kid Rock and Leonard Skinner have produced. So this is very evident on the tracks, Get It Right and Nah Nah Nah, which features very southern rock guitar melodies followed with a very funky bass line on Get It Right. It really makes sense that Erawadi has dwelled into the style of rap, you know, because he's based in Texas. And, you know, Texas is known for having musically southern roots. With Erawadi, however, he is not bound to just one style of hip-hop, as previous projects have sonically different tunes and styles to them than this project he's doing now. So, first things first is, how toned down lyrics for this project are compared to Era's previous projects that came before All Red. However, the toning down of his lyrics serve a purpose of catching the audience's attention. From the very get-go of this project, it's clear that this project lyrically is meant for the more party rap crowd over the lyrical, hardcore rap audience. However, Era makes sure to please the hardcore rap crowd with his usage of flows during this two-track EP. You know, the flow changes between the hook to, yeah, the flow changes between the hook to the first verse on Get It Right is very apparent, and the clever use of rhyme scheme on the Gundam line is sure to keep even the most hardcore hip-hop heads going back to replay that motherfucking line again. And, you know, if you listen carefully, Erawadi's change of vocal tone is amazing, as there are parts on Get It Right where it sounds like a featured artist is present in the track, However, Wadi impressively changes the tone of his voice to make it sound different. You know, this is greatly emphasized on the hook of this track, too. And the final track of this EP is, I, I would say, in my personal opinion, a wet dream for any fans of Beastie Boys, Run DMC, and Kid Rock as Era goes the full mile in this rap rock fuel track. You know, to make it even sound more authentic, to that style of music, 
Erawadi uses a voice effect to give it that really walkie-talkie, rap-rock vibe as he's spitting over the beat. The track is very reminiscent of late 90s, early 2000s high school movie soundtracks and would very well, in my opinion, make a great addition to a Tony Hawk Pro Skater game. But... With everything good, there's always going to be a downside. I, 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 before you say, before you start saying, oh, oh but the Kendrick album or the Tupac, and, uh, everything good has downsides, y'all. Everything good has downsides. E- even sugar, even sugar. Okay. Anyways, where this EP falls short, though, is that, you know, it fails to tell us who or what Era Wadi is exactly. Like, Erawadi impressively has shown over his last few projects that he can tackle multiple subgenres of rap. However, who exactly is Arawadi and how can listeners relate to him? You know, as Arawadi himself has said, you know, he is no role model. However, one of the biggest issues the underground scene faces is that rappers and artists struggle to find who or what they are as an artist. One of the other main issues that causes this all-red EP to lack is the overcomplication of rhyme schemes to show that the lyrics have more meaning than just a braggadocious ego. You know, although I did point out how insane the rhyme scheme and flow was on the Gundam line in the track Get It Right, this line is a prime example of overcomplicating a rhyme for a higher meaning. To quote Era on that Gundam line, he says, and I quote, it's a Gundam raining down upon dumb. Take it right from dumb. Blame it on the dumb ones. You know, although Era has provided the actual meaning of that line in a recent YouTube video, even at face value, even at face value, this line would lyrically confuse even the hardest hip hop heads. Another example of, you know, overcomplicating the lines and the lyrics would be in the same song where Era says, Pick a side, bitch. She Hawaiian. Like, what exactly is this supposed to mean? Is it talking about how Hawaiians use a different measure of direction than us in America? Or, or is it supposed to be a reference to something else? And I would say the final, the final issue that plagues this EP is how short the EP is. You know, despite Era going for a whole other sonically different sound, normally you would expect an artist to go for three to five song, you know, three to five songs in an EP. However, Era projects himself into an entire different genre of rap and then cuts the buildup to this new era quite short. You know, showcasing his multi-genre talent even further, but cutting it short instead of going the full mile for the project. You know, in my opinion, especially with it being the summertime, with summer being a huge time for partying, Era could have seen huge momentum if he released a four-track EP instead of two and marketed it towards the party music crowd. So... That's all my gripes with this project, and now, you know, I'm going to give my rating on this project. With this segment, uh, we will be going with a 1 to 5 system scale, with 1 being hella ass, 2 being caca, 3 being just okay, just okay, 4 being great, and 5 being perfect, you know, the fucking Street Fighter shit. So the question is... What do I personally think of Era Wadi's All Red Project? So hit the motherfucking drum roll. Drum roll commences. Da 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 da. Okay. Anyways. Mm, mm. 
Rogelio Capone gives All Red a 4 out of 5. Like, really sonically different sound than what we are used to hearing on the underground scene, and a really impressive project from someone on the underground scene, in my opinion. However, lacking in terms of lyric complication and EP length, really solid fucking project, and a must for anyone trying to throw a motherfucking party this summer. And so, that was Arawadi's latest project, all red. You can go stream it right now on Spotify and be sure to check him out on fucking IG at the real Arawadi. And if you motherfuckers don't, you know what I'm gonna fucking do. I'm not showing up to your guys' birthday party if you don't go check it out. So, bitches, you guys better go fucking check it out. Like, goddamn. Okay. Cancelled. You heard me. We've been motherfucking cancelled. Or so we are about to be with this next segment. In this next segment, we will introduce artists who will bring their most controversial music takes about their specific and respective genre. Now, who is ready to get motherfucking cancelled? No, I'm really not ready to get cancelled. Okay, so, introducing our first guest who is a female rapper, also known as Jay Plantana. Miss Plantana, let me ask you... What is your spicy fucking take this evening? Uh, so one of my hot takes um, would have to be that Genesis Owusu, he's a British rapper, I think has the potential to be one of the top 10 greatest hip-hop artists, period. At least in the alternative scene. Um, he's incredibly talented. He's a great visionary. He's a great lyricist. Um, he has the skill to put together a cohesive project that's been proven with his uh, Smiling With No Teeth album so yeah genesis owusu is gonna be one of the best and that's my hot take so i i'm gonna tell you i've never heard of this motherfucker i've never heard of this motherfucker i I, i've even been in hip-hop groups where people have posted their top 10s top 50s and never seen them in there so all, all i'm gonna say is i am gonna look them up but the fact that i've seen people's top 50 list on the internet and he's nowhere in there, but you're saying he is top 10. I've, uh, that, that shit really is controversial, because if I go into a, a hip-hop group, and I, like, just post your fucking hot take in there, I'm pretty sure motherfucker's gonna be like, Genesis who? And then just start roasting the shit out of me. Uh, I'm like, oh man, bro. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure you're about to get us canceled by the fucking hip-hop community for saying that, but... I've only listened to some British rappers, but I- I'm going to check motherfucker out. I'm going to check motherfucker out because, you know, as I said, haven't seen dude in anybody's top 50 list. So if I don't see him in anyone's top 50 list, and even in the hip-hop groups I'm in, I have never heard a motherfucker talk about him, a not a single motherfucking soul, then, you know, that that tells me that's truly fucking unpopular right there because, hey, man. But as I said, I'm going to check him out. I'm going to check him out. Also, I don't think that Taboo is Denzel Curry's best work. I think he excelled on Zoo and um, Melt My Eyes. Taboo was good, but I don't really think it's his best, and it's not really my type of music, <laughs> which is part of the reason why I'm saying that. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, that's just how I feel about it. Oh, man, you're about to have the fucking Denzel Curry fans upset with that. You know, it, it's funny you fucking bring that up because, you know, a lot of fans consider that like his fucking best work. But fucking, and when, when, you, brought, when you brought up Melt My Eyes, 
you know, it's funny you bring that shit up because, you know, even I've listened to Melt My Eyes. It was the first fucking Denzel Curry shit that I listened to, which was this year, you know. Because I heard motherfuckers talking about Denzel Curry this last year. You're like, hey, you got to rock a pound. You got to check him out. And, you know, I looked at the reviews and I've looked at the opinions from the Denzel Curry fans about Melt My Eyes, Melt Your Eyes, whatever the fuck. A lot of people said they liked it, but a lot of people said, yeah, it, it's nowhere near his best work. Others disagree said, saying it's, you know, near his best work. And the fact that you're saying Melt My Eyes is better than Taboo, I'm like, dude, you finna get us. All I'm going to say is if I get fucking angry emails from Denzel Curry fans, I'm going to have to do something. I'm going to have to do something. But that right there, that right there is some real controversial shit. Hey, man, someone had to say something. Someone had to say something. So that was Jay Plantana. On to our next motherfucking guest. Hello, Cal Kappa here. Canadian lo-fi producer. Just going to say it. I'm not a big fan of Gord Downey's voice. Not a fan of the Tragically Hip. Probably okay. the only Canadian to say this, but they're just there. Now, Sorry. now, I'm I'm gonna be real. I'm not Canadian, my guy. I'm not Canadian, my boy Kappa. So I can't really comment on this. But if there's any Canadians out there, someone fill me the fuck in. Someone fill me the fuck in. But uh, you know, if you're saying it, I'm pretty sure it has to be controversial out there. You're Canadian, boy. I ain't Canadian, so I don't know. But Let's get on to the next motherfucker. 4T7. 4T7. What the fuck do you have to say, my chico? Alright, so my controversial hip-hop mm-hmm. take is that the 2010s yeah. are a better decade for hip-hop than the 90s were. Oh, Damn, I man. think it's like a second renaissance. Because if you look at that decade, I feel like that's when we started doing... Just a lot of crazy shit from the mixing to the beats and just really, like, pushing the genre further than it had ever been before. Damn, dude. All I'm gonna say is you're about to start a fucking right. Like, do you know what the fuck you're about to start by saying that shit? Now, I'm gonna be real. Everyone listening. Now, if you motherfuckers know me, you know... uh, You know I'm all about that old school shit. But I've been telling people for a minute... Uh, I have a very similar, you know what, I I agree with my boy 4T7 here. I've been telling people this shit for a minute, that like the early 2000s of hip-hop and the 2010s of hip-hop is better than the 90s. And now, uh, you, you gotta remember, if anyone fucking knows me, I've always been about that lyrical boom-bap shit, even about the 80s hip-hop. That's the shit I always grew up on, but... If you listen to 2010s, it's like they took the shit from the 90s and 80s. It feels like they took the messages that Public Enemy and N.W.A. spoke about, and they fucking evolved the message telling during the 2010s. You could even make the fucking argument that fucking uh, guys like Immortal Technique in the early fucking 2000 are, are fucking superior at telling, you know, the fucking issues in society compared to N.W.A. and fucking Public Enemy. But I do agree with 4T7 here. A lot of the fucking beats were better. You know, there was a, so much fucking change. Just look at fucking, you know, Kendrick Lamar, Section 80... Absol's outro on that shit, or fucking Joey Badass's 1999. 
Like, there was so much shit. Of course you can say, oh, yeah, you know, there was mumble rap and all that shit. But even people in the fucking 90s, from what I've heard of, even even some of them weren't happy about all that gangster rap shit. So, it's nothing really new. It's nothing really new. Okay, and now we're gonna get on to the final motherfucker that we have to hear from. That Chico, why you fin Glocka? So, why you fin Glocka? Go on. Just go on and fucking say it. Just go on and say what you're gonna motherfucking say, Chico. Hey, what's up, y'all? Why you fin Glocka here? Anyway, we're gonna talk about this hip hop shit and oh. my opinion on it. How it is nowadays. Oh, man. Here we go. Basically, I like hip hop, but the influence that it has on the world is very big. Mm-hmm. It's very big, but it's impacting the world very negatively. Because of all of these murders and shit and all this violence that's been going on or whatever. But, and all the shit about songs cap, don't believe it. But still, all the shit that's been going on in nowadays hip hop world is great. Yeah. It's not like back then hip hop, because nowadays mm. hip hop, we just, we got all types of ununique beats, ununique flows, rhymes, and all that. Mm-hmm. Hip hop is. I want to say it's, it's doing good, but it's not doing a good impact on the world. Like Tupac or Biggie was doing a good impact. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to kind of agree with my boy Glocka here because, you know, hip-hop right now is extremely fucking mainstream. And, you know, it's become more commercialized over the last 20 years, too. You know, we're at the point now, and I don't know why this is such a big thing. Now, whether you're Democrat or Republican... I don't give a fuck about your political beliefs. But we're at the point now where, like, it's kind of become normal for, like, kids in school, specifically white kids that aren't, you know, of a mixed fucking race, to say the fucking N-word because of fucking hip-hop. Now, you can make the fucking argument, oh, you know, hey, man, if they want the kids to quit saying this shit, then, you know, they need to quit saying this shit in the music. But you gotta remember, uh, these parents ain't doing their fucking job and shit. Like, you know, look look at the shit that's going on in fucking Chirac, man. Motherfuckers joining gangs and then making songs, dissing each other's in the, dissing each other in the music. They get shot and then the next person does the same shit and it's just a fucking endless cycle in Chirac. Like it's some fucking crazy ass shit, dude. I really do love hip hop. Yeah. But old school hip hop was a bit better cuz it was you know, the how do I explain it? Basically, rappers back then was revealing things that was going on worldwide. But rappers nowadays, they just... Man, they just rap about whatever nowadays. Back then, hip-hop, it was just 100% real shit that was going on. And it was 100% relatable. That's why it had a, yeah. such a big impact on the world. Nowadays, hip-hop, hip-hop, it just gone down. It really just gone down. And shit, old school hip hop is pretty much the, the best hip hop we had so far. Mm, mm. But I do like the underground scene now, yeah. so I decided to hop on the underground scene <laughs> because this shit been pretty fire. So mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I, I agree with some of what he said here. Hey man, you gotta remember this is both our opinions. A lot of people agree with what he says. A lot of people don't agree with what he says. I sort of agree. You know, if you ask if. If you told me what he said back, like, a few years ago, 
I would have been 100%, but, you know, my ideals have changed about hip-hop over the time. You know, I can see what he means, how nowadays a lot of it is just motherfucking nonsense, dude. A lot of it really is motherfucking nonsense. A lot of it is just the same fucking repetitive shit. And that's not to say in the 90s there wasn't no fucking repetitive shit. You know, 90s rap, there was a lot of gangster rap in the 90s. A lot of it was talking about, you know... Fictional slugouts and all that shit. If you fucking know, you motherfucking know. You know, I can kind of see what Glocka is saying here. But, you know, there are guys like Cole and Kendrick. They're trying to teach better messages type of shit. You know, fucking Kendrick especially. With uh, the fucking Mr. Morale and the Big Stepper shit. You know, I, I, that one, eh, I kind of didn't feel the album. But I felt the message. I felt the message, you know. He was trying to say, hey, man, we should all be forgiving each other. Mental health type of shit, therapy type of shit. We can't keep dodging problems forever. You know, I see, I see, but Glocka is kind of onto something. Because even in the 90s, even in the 90s, you know, you still had Public Enemy. You still have tri- had Tribe Called Quest talking about issues. And don't get me wrong, there's rappers still talking about issues now. A lot of the rappers that I've heard that's been talking about issues, like a lot of them besides, you know, the big guys like Kendrick... Cole, or, you know, the female rappers, you know, a lot of them that talk about the fucking issues tend to be fucking underground, and Glock is right about the underground scene, the underground scene is really fucking good right now, you know, I'm constantly reacting to motherfuckers on my YouTube channel, and look, we're here doing this podcast, I literally couldn't have been doing this shit without the fucking underground scene, like, literally, literally, we're all building this shit fucking together, you know, I have to constantly listen to motherfuckers who send me their fucking music, and you'd be surprised, you motherfuckers would be surprised, and I'm like, damn, how have some of these motherfuckers not gone big, but it's all about marketing, that really is the fucking answer, there's a lot of good motherfuckers that I'd even put above mainstream artists, even put above some people's top fives that I've heard on underground, but it really is all about fucking marketing in the end, so... That was that fucking segment. Everybody gave their motherfucking controversial opinions. And I thank everybody. I thank everybody that participated and gave their fucking opinions. You motherfuckers that are listening, comment on this shit. Or, or fucking hit me up on socials at Rogelio Capone. Let me know what you thought about motherfuckers' opinions. Did you like them? Agree? What the fuck? Tell me, motherfuckers. I'm always trying to find out. Anyways, that's all for the motherfucking Heated Out podcast. This first motherfucking episode, we're still getting fucking things figured out. But we're gonna make sure this fucking second episode is even fucking harder, chicos. So I thank everybody. Everybody that I mentioned. Everyone that fucking participated in this shit. So if you fucking participated, because I can't remember everybody's names right now at a, at a stand-go. I'd have to write down everyone's fucking names. I, I'm gonna be real with y'all. I'm gonna be real with y'all. No fucking capping. But I thank every motherfucker that helped to work on this fucking first episode. It's like, we're like two fucking months late on this shit. And I, I'll explain that at another time. But I want to thank every motherfucker, so stay tuned for the second episode, chicos. We'll see all of you motherfucking puntos and pendejos at the second one. So, until next time, signing off, motherfuckers.